0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's a teaching tutorial Thursday. That means Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University is in to break down really what we saw from Wild Card Weekend, but primarily to preview the divisional round of the NFL playoffs has always been my favorite weekend of football of the year. And I don't know. We'll see if it's as good as Super Wild Card Weekend was a week ago we'll be joined by Greg momentarily. I am Ross Tucker. Got a bunch of podcasts. I think you know that Fantasy Feast podcast already posted. Joe Dolan has excellent insight into these games and already has some advice for DFS players this weekend, especially at the quarterback position. I thought that was really interesting. Even Money podcast, great stuff from Steve Fezik on Mike Tomlin's game management as well as people that like to play parlays so you should listen to that college draft podcast was excellent with Emory Hunt breaking down the college football national championship and what we saw from those players so check all those things out and then you've got tomorrow we'll have a picks friday finish strong friday edition of the mighty RTFP we are presented by DraftKings America's number one rated sports book app and DFS app if you ask me we'll have a spread the word winner tomorrow, a sponsor confirmation email winner tomorrow, I'll give out a YouTube shout out tomorrow, and a patron shout out if anybody signs up at patreoncom Media. So, pretty cool, pretty easy for you. What do we have? 4 winners every week. 4 winners. That means you guys have a really good chance if you do those things. If you spread the word via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker pod, or you take advantage of one of the sponsors or you make a comment after you subscribe on youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Or if you become a patron, patreoncom slash RTM, you get a great chance to be a winner this week. It's big show time. The big show. All right. I mentioned it earlier, which was at this point, like not even two minutes ago, but Greg (laughs) Cosell, NFL matchup show every weekend. It'll be all over your screen Saturday morning. Check your local listings, ESPN, ESPN2. Either watch it live or DVR it. It's worth it. I promise. Matt Bowen's terrific. Sal's great. And Greg, of course, is the civilian goat. Greatest of all time. Greg, there's a lot to get to. Here's how I want to do this. I want to look at the divisional round but probably ask you a game about a uh, question about the game before while I do it. So, for example, Rams-Packers. As we get into that one, really curious as to what you saw from that Rams-Seahawks game that interested you. And I know, I think it was last week or the week before, you talked about Russell Wilson had not been playing very well, and then, boom, the Rams end up winning by 10 points.
1: Well, it's really interesting. Obviously, Seattle's not playing this week, but – Russell Wilson has not played well for eight or nine weeks. And it was very interesting to me that Pete Carroll came out after that game and basically stated that we're going back to the run game. And this was the year that they decided to let Russ cook. And for the first six or seven weeks, he was tremendous. He was playing MVP caliber football. And then it kind of fell apart. He started to become indecisive. He started not to see things very well. He started to leave the pocket prematurely. There was absolutely no rhythm to their pass game. And, the improvisational secondary reaction plays did not show up as much as we've seen in the past. He always had that to rely on. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not suggesting that they need a quarterback. Obviously he's got a tr- tremendous track record in this league and is a great player, but the last seven, eight games will be very interesting in terms of the discussion in house. Obviously they fired Brian Schottenheimer and it's easy because the assumption is Russell's great. And, If he's not playing great and the offense isn't working, it must be the offensive coordinator's fault. But I think they have a lot of soul-searching to do in-house.
0: You know, Greg, you might not know the answer to this, but I feel like I have to ask it. He was playing at MVP caliber level, and then he didn't play as well over the last eight or nine weeks. Do we have any idea what happened? Did defenses play him differently? Did the line start to struggle, or was it just – Russell Wilson not playing as well for some unknown reason. Well, I think there's always more than one factor, uh, Ross, when these
1: kinds of things happen. Uh, Clearly he did not play well. Uh, Now he's always played behind an O-line that is at times been a little shaky. Uh, Don't forget he's under 5'11", so there are things that he cannot see. And then he does move when he doesn't have to, and then he'll make tremendous plays when that happens, Ross. But, When those second reaction improvisational plays don't occur, and again, they tend to be somewhat random. You can't, to me, and I know people disagree with this, to me, you can't count on those plays in any given game. Now, he's made so many of them in his career that I think people tend to believe, oh, that's going to happen every week. That's just the way he plays. But there's a randomness to those kinds of plays, and they did not happen anywhere near as often over the last part of this season, as they had through much of his career. And when they don't happen, then you have to have a pass game that is rhythmic, that has a sense of timing. And they did not have any of that for a line was struggled at times. Wilson struggled
0: mightily. So they've got some work to do. Sounds almost like Greg how you spoke about Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years until this year. When he did get a lot more out of the structure of the offense, he did get the ball out of his hands. It wasn't as much second reaction.
1: No, and that's exactly right. Uh, And, again, we don't know the reason people say he bought in. We don't know any of that. I can only tell you what the tape shows. And one thing the tape clearly showed this year is you did not see Aaron Rodgers move around anywhere near as much as he had the last number of years. He played within the structure of the offense he got rid of the football. Uh, he played as good a football as he's played in a number of years. Um, he, he, We saw what he is. He's an unbelievably great thrower of the football. Always has been one of the best to ever play the game the way he can turn it loose. And he played at a really, really high level within
0: the structure and timing of that pass game. So then let's talk Rams-Packers. And I'm curious what... What matchup you're looking at? What what intrigues you by this, this, this combo of teams?
1: Well, first of all, I assume Jared Goff will play because he essentially played last week. We don't know where he stands, though. So I think that the run game becomes a critical piece for the Rams. They've made Cam Akers their feature back. They drafted him to be that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they run him out of what personnel packages – because one thing about the the uh, um, Packers defense is Mike Patton really would prefer not to play in his base defense. He would rather play with five defensive backs, even six defensive backs. I believe they played with six defensive backs more than any team in the NFL. So that's one element that intrigues me. The other, of course, is the Rams defense Packers offense. Everybody will talk about the Rams, the Adams matchup, and that will happen on occasion but the Rams are a predominant zone-based defense. Now they have matchups within the zone. Every zone team does. But they you will not see probably more than 11, 12 times in the game where Ramsey is just solely matched up on Adams and it's pure man-to-man. That's not the way the Rams play. They've been an outstanding defense all year. My sense is why would they change? They have played at a high level all year.
0: It's a good question. Really good question. Because um, that's the, the thought pro- Everybody seems to think Jalen Ramsey is just going to follow Devontae Adams around all game. He hasn't followed anybody around this year.
1: So, again, to, I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the game, as, as I've mentioned to you before. But that would be stepping outside of what they've done all year. Now, could they do it? Of course. These are playoff games. Coaches change things up. So I'm not going to sit here and say it can't possibly happen, Ross. But – Based on what they've done all year, I don't believe that you'll see Ramsey travel with Adams throughout the game all over and match up to a man-to-man across the board.
0: Saturday night, it'll be the Buffalo Bills hosting the Baltimore Ravens. I will be in the house, Bill Stadium, Orchard Park, New York. So if you want to hear what your boy has to say, I'm sure it's on a, a radio station. If you flip around wherever you live, or you can always catch it on Sirius XM on the NFL channel. Really looking forward to it. You know, my first question, I guess, for you, Greg, would be, I I felt like the Colts got the better of the Buffalo Bills. I thought they dominated the action. Uh, I don't know how that bodes or how that carries over to this Ravens matchup. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because the Colts did
1: what a lot of people said they should do. They lined up. They ran the ball. They controlled the time of possession. They theoretically limited the number of possessions that the Bills had. And what happened? They were losing 24-10 in the fourth quarter. You know, so uh, this game's totally different, obviously. Uh, It'll be very intriguing. To uh, to, I'm sure you're excited about doing this because there's so many levels to this game and we can't get into all of them. How the Bills will match up to the Ravens' offense. Believe it or not, I I went back and I'm looking at uh, the game from last year. These two teams played week 14 last year. And I was curious to see how Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, two guys who have been around a long time, it's not their first rodeo, how they matched up to Lamar Jackson. And the way they did a year ago is totally different than they're playing now. Last year, they played out of base personnel uh, when when the Ravens were in base personnel, which is quite often. This year, they've been in nickel over 90% of their defensive snaps. So that's one difference immediately. And, and last year, they played a lot out of what we call a 4-3 stack. They had those three linebackers stacked inside the defensive line, basically, uh, behind them, of course, but inside. So it's a totally different looking Bills defense this year than it was a year ago. So I'm very curious to see what Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier do, because the Ravens have really enhanced their run game with a lot of different concepts, including that, that counter, almost a counter tray where they pull two offensive linemen. And then, of course, you got Josh Allen, who's the most physically gifted quarterback in the league and is playing at a really, really high level right now. And you will get pressure. The Ravens will pressure because they believe in their secondary. Well, that's
0: what I wanted to ask you about, that I find intriguing. The, the Ravens really like their corners, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, and, yep. and even their safety. And I get that. But it seems like when they play people with really good receivers like the Chiefs, that they struggle in those matchups, in those man-to-man matchups a little bit. And now you're going against the Bills with the receivers they have. Do you still think it'll be a lot of man-to-man, or do you think Wink Martindale will play more zone?
1: Uh, That's a great question. I think either way they'll pressure, because obviously there's zone pressures and there's man pressures. And I think he will be proactive and aggressive Uh, basically just as he was against a totally different team last week, Tennessee, but they were aggressive with their fronts. This week it's a little different because uh, it'll be much more of a passing game and and the Bills will spread the field with four wide quite often as well. So uh, they'll pressure. The question is, will they match up man-to-man behind that pressure or will they have zone pressures? That's a great question. We know Marcus Peters – is a cluer and a keyer. And I think they're going to try to get him to play with his eyes and get his eyes in the backfield because he'll do that and he keys. So it would not surprise me to see some double moves against Peters, Uh, you know, obviously they they don't play, they play sides, so they don't match. No one will match up to digs, they play sides. So you you don't have a matchup situation, but Peters is that kind of corner. They're gonna go after him. But the
0: Ravens will blitz in this game. Let's talk uh, about Sunday's games. We've got the Chiefs hosting the Browns first. Blank canvas on that one, Greg. Your thoughts on Chiefs-Browns.
1: Yeah. This is that philosophy thing, uh, the way I see it, Ross. As you hear a lot of people say, and it's been said in football for years, you know, run the ball, let's keep the opposing quarterback on the sideline. So I, personally, I think that's a myth. Because think of it this way. In a normal NFL game, an offense gets what? 11 or 12 possessions? So let's say you run the ball and and the Chiefs get nine or 10 possessions because you're not cutting out four or five possessions. You might be cutting out one or two possessions. So if the Chiefs score four or five touchdowns on those nine or 10 possessions, then the Browns have to score 30 points. And I think you have to go into this game believing you have to score 30 points, give or take. So the question is, not what is the best way to keep the chiefs offense on the sideline. The question really is what's the best way to score points and to score touchdowns. So I think the, the Browns have to decide what's the best way to score touchdowns. Now you can run the ball. Of course you can run the ball. They have a really good run game and they've got two explosive backs who can break runs. But the question is, how do you score touchdowns? You can't take the approach. Well, we're just going to hand off because we're going to eat clock. Um, That. To me, that is not really a viable answer to how you play against a team that can score a lot of points.
0: Even though, Greg, and I understand what you're saying, but even though, you know, like how they played against the Falcons, right? What was that, 17-14? I mean, I I still think if you're the Browns, uh, I mean, maybe this is the old lineman in me. I'm sure they'll run some play action stuff as well. But that's what they do. I'm not saying they should
1: come out and toss it all over the yard. I'm just saying that the goal should not simply be to eat up a little clock. You have to find ways to still create explosive plays and score touchdowns. Now, they won't step out of what they do. Those explosive plays often come out of play action and play action boot. Although one stat I found very intriguing in preparing for this game was the Browns are very, very good on third down offensively. And believe it or not, the Chiefs are not very good defensively on third down. And third down is always a factor in every game.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot there. I mean, just a quick question, I guess, Greg. You've been doing this a long time. You ever seen the start to a game like that Steelers-Browns game? 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Everything could go right, went right for the Browns. I, I can't remember another game like that. Not like a big game. No, no. Uh, but, you know, it's funny you say
1: that because they did have that third down touchdown to Landry and that, that, you know, the short pass which he took for a long touchdown. I mean, that was a big play. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But I, but to me, look, Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense obviously did not play as well as they're capable of down the stretch. But you can't go into this game thinking that it's going to be a
0: 17-14 game. You have to score if you're the Browns. Bucks Saints. Third matchup between those teams. I know you studied the first two where the Saints, especially in that second one, really handled. Yeah, they were overmatched. uh, What happened and what might be different this time? Well,
1: offensively, they were overmatched in two areas. Their O-line was overmatched, and their wide receivers could not win versus man coverage. Now, right now, Tom Brady's playing really good football. Boy, is he throwing the ball well with juice, velocity. It looks like he's 25 years old. Um, Antonio Brown is now a much, much bigger factor in their offense. So it'll be very intriguing to me how the Saints play. Saints have a very, very good defense. They play man coverage. In fact, they play two-man, meaning man-to-man across the board with two deep safeties, about a quarter of their defensive snaps versus quarterback dropbacks. It's far and away the highest percentage in the league. So that's a coverage they believe in, two-man coverage. Um, They've done a really good job with that, as I said, uh, they've shut down the uh, Bucks receivers. You will get the Lattimore-Evans matchup. You always get that. And quite honestly, the tape tells you that Lattimore has won that matchup pretty consistently. So I think this is a really important game for Evans because he's a critical piece. He's incredibly talented, and he needs to be a factor in this game.
0: Greg, it feels like two-man is the best coverage against a quarterback that can't run. I mean, great you get point. everybody underneath, you have two safeties deep. Like, why wouldn't you run that coverage against a quarterback that can't run? It's a, great,
1: it's a great point, Ross, because at the end of the day, what it allows corners to do is to undercut and tailgate so you can take away in-breaking routes, you can uh, you know, take away those throws that Brady likes to make in the middle of the field. It's, it's I, You'll see it. Now, obviously, they're not going to play it on every snap, but it's a foundational coverage for the Saints. And you definitely will see it. And that just closes down a lot of windows on throws. So so we'll see. But, um, you know, and and obviously, Brady is a quarterback that's not going to move uh, if he doesn't see it, you know, within the normal progression. He's not going to bolt out of the pocket. He ends up throwing the ball away for the most part. So. We'll see, but but Brady is throwing the ball exceptionally well right now, and he's feeling very confident turning the
0: loose. Check him out on Twitter, at Greg Cosells, so that you know where and when he's doing all the things he does, including the NFL matchup show on ESPN, ESPN2 this weekend. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Man, I take so many notes. Those of you that watch on YouTube, youtube.com, Slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm taking so many notes while Greg's talking, A, for myself, but B, for the highlight clips that intern Casey will cut and post on our social at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter and Instagram, or on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know what else I think is really cool? And I know a lot of people that are into this and that you guys should check it out as well. Headspace. Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. You know, I probably should have asked Greg about this. I bet you Greg meditates. We know, because Andrew Brandt has already said, we know Andrew Brandt meditates. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Tucker. That's headspace.com slash Tucker for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal being offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash Tucker today. Very, very cool way to meditate for those of you that are into it. And if you're not, you should try it. Tux Takes. Morning. Good morning, Bry. Thought maybe your mic was turned off again.
2: No, no. I was just meditating. So uh, oh, let's start today. Nice, nice. With- let's start today with a new general manager in denver as the broncos have hired longtime vikings personnel man george payton to a six-year contract
0: well george payton is a guy that had had second interviews with teams like the jets and the browns but he was very very particular i mean he he was not just going to take the first gm job he liked it in minnesota He's a guy that has been around a long time. I think back in two thousand one, my agent Joe Linta had me send my tape to George Payton. Uh, he might have been with the Dolphins then. I can't remember, but he's been doing it a long time, and he really took his time with wanting to get the right opportunity. And I think he loves the idea of living in Denver. I think he, you know, it's a great organization. It sounds like he met with the future owner, you know, met with Elway, and feels good about it. Six-year contract helps, too. I mean, it's got to be at least $2 million a year, so you're locking in $12 million. Unbelievable. Good for him. I, I don't know anybody that says anything bad about him. Everyone says he's a great guy. Number one, everybody seems to really think he's very good at what he does. Number two, so good for him. I'm happy for him. I like when guys that are um very i'm trying to, i can't think of the word bribe but like when you're when you're very particular about what you're going to choose Can you think of it
2: no just yeah it's a particular very, specific, uh...
0: very discerning maybe very discerning i don't know somebody will come up with a better word at Ross Tucker nfl at Ross Tucker Pod. But when you have options and you're like, no, no, not the best. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for this one. He was patient. He was something. I can't think of it. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm happy for him. I like when I like when guys that have really paid their dues, that have done a good job based on all accounts and are good people. I like, you know, based on what we know, I like when they get these jobs. Selective? Is that a word?
2: That's yes.
0: Very selective. Good, bride. That was what I was going for. All right. Gosh. Now, you you could have waited, and then we would have had – a bunch of people would have tweeted, and we could have given the credit to a listener. Now, it looks like you're better than me, which we know isn't true. You're smarter than me. Eh, false. Like, now now, now it just blew up in my face. Tux takes.
2: Meanwhile, in Chicago, the Bears made it official. They're going to keep General Manager Ryan Pace and Head Coach Matt Nagy for another year.
0: You know, I'm actually surprised, Brian. That doesn't happen more often, right? Like we're we're doing this live. We don't go back and edit it or retape stuff. I'm actually surprised I can't find the exact word I want to use more often. Because I mean, I'm talking a lot, and I know a lot of you are sitting there being like, "Just selective." Say "select." How can you not say "so"? Because it just doesn't always come to you when you're live recording. So um, the Bears are not as selective, evidently. I thought Matt Nagy should get another year. I mean, he hasn't had a losing season yet. He's been there three years. He's made the playoffs two of the three years. I thought Nagy deserved another year. But Ryan Pace? Ryan Pace? He just doesn't have a very good batting average. I think he's been there seven years. I think he got to hire John Fox or came in with John Fox and he hasn't been able to fix the quarterback position all seven years he's been there. So, look, they all have a batting average. None of them are perfect. I guess I just kind of felt like Ryan Pace's batting average wasn't very good. My guess, though, is the Bears want to keep those guys tied together and have the thought process of if it doesn't go well this year, they'll get rid of both of them. All I want for Matt Nagy is a legitimate quarterback is for pace to somehow get him a a legit quarterback.
2: On the COVID front, the Cleveland Browns are getting cornerbacks Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson back off of that list. Packers put newly signed tackle Jared Veldier on that list after he tested
0: positive. Big Jared Veldier week on the Ross Tucker football podcast. We mentioned that he had been signed by The Green Bay Packers off of the Colts practice squad after he started on Saturday for the Colts. On Monday or Tuesday, we talked about that. We even touched on it yesterday with Andrew Brandt, and then now he's test positive for COVID. So he's on the COVID list and won't even be able to play now. Kind of a bummer. you know. Obviously, the the Packers felt like they needed him. I don't know if he's going to start, but he certainly, I think, would have been their swing tackle. So that's a loss for the Packers, especially if they suffer an injury in any of these games coming up i mean no Bakhtiari is significant for these green bay packers uh, you know it's funny i got a uh, i got a a message from a pro bowl player bry who told me that this year players actually get a credited or a crude season and a crude season if they only play in one game they're only on their roster for one game previously it's a credited season if you're on a roster for 3 games Or it's an accrued season, so you move forward towards free agency. It really is more of a free agency thing if you're on a roster for six games. But I had a Pro Bowl player say, it's actually just one game this year, Ross, because they saw my reply to Adam Schefter. So I was wrong on that. Uh, Huge, by the way, for the Browns to be getting their corners back. Denzel Ward, Kevin Johnson, to going up against the Chiefs. I mean, you need corners that are competent against the Chiefs. We saw what Big Ben did in the second half to that Brown secondary. So very significant for them to be getting those guys back. Uh, look, I still think they should play zone and keep everything in front of them, but those guys are better players. Speaking of better, one of the best gifts you can get these days are just kind of fun, something fun, these cameo videos I do for you guys. It's a blast. If you ever thought you wanted something cool, unique, different for someone for a birthday, shout out to my sister. It's her birthday today, by the way. No chance she listens, but now at least I'll get to tell her that I said on my podcast, happy birthday to her. Happy birthday, Bryn. B-R-Y-N. That is my sister's name. So She's four years older. Um, So anyway, if you ever want a shout out, just do it on Cameo. Or just make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and then comment on any of the videos that we post, whether it's the full episodes or the highlight clips. I see every comment that comes through. So I'll announce a winner tomorrow, and you can get a free cameo-style shout-out for the YouTube folks. Let's get you an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at ross If you take advantage of any of our sponsors, there's a lot. They're glorious on the rostucker.com sponsor tab. Uh, We love them. Take advantage of any of them ever. Fire off an email to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and I guarantee to read and respond to your question on the show, which I love. And uh, you might even win signed press pass or football card or whatever. Somebody's going to get that Bills Ravens press pass from Saturday night, which is a bad boy. You're going to want that one. What do you got, Brian?
2: Hey, Ross, my buddies and I always get into this conversation, and the argument uh, is this. Uh, if the number one college team, let's use Clemson at full strength, plays the worst NFL team, let's use the Jets as an example, what would the final score be, and what would you think the spread would be? I'm on the side that Clemson would not even score, and they would have zero chance of doing anything during any aspect of the game. It would just simply be a blowout. Everyone else thinks that they would get lucky at least one time, draw a PI, and kick a field goal at some point, but I don't see how that would happen. Your thoughts? And unfortunately, I don't know who that is from. So whoever wrote that and sent that in, thank you very much.
0: That's my bad. When I copy and or cut and paste the email from what you guys sent me to ross at com, I miss the name sometimes. My bad, whoever that is. Um, I'm with your friends, though. Let's just say Alabama against the Jags, okay? The Jags would win. The Jags would win by double digits. Um, 37-10, maybe? 38-3, 31-3, something like that. Alabama would have had a really tough time stopping the Jags this year. Like, you're talking about... um LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark and Alabama wasn't, wouldn't be ready for that. I think with Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and that O line, that perhaps Alabama would have been able to score at some point, you know, get a field goal or something. So the spread would probably be 20 something. I don't know if it's 20 and a half or 29 and a half, but I would imagine the spread would be in the twenties. Um, I don't know, though. It's a good question. I do think Alabama would have a chance to score, though. Now, I, now would they maybe not? Maybe not. But I, I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if they scored three or ten points, something like that. It's a good question. They would lose by a lot is, is the real answer. They, they would lose the football game by a lot. Nick Saban would tell you that himself, that they would lose that game by a lot. There's a bunch of guys for Alabama that will never play in the pros. And there's a bunch that will never start in the pros. Every guy for the Jags? Starts in the pros. They're they're starting in the pros. And then there's just like even like the Alabama guys, like Devontae Smith and Najee, how much better they got this past year? They'll get a lot better while they're while they are pros. And they're doing like so they're not even as good as they'll be once they get to the NFL. Shout outs are in order. Pizza Boy Brewing. I got a bunch of pizzas Saturday Knight, from there. And I got two six packs. Looking forward to it, including You've Got a Friend and IPA. Sporta Culture. SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X. Please support listener owned businesses and please let us pump up your listener owned business. Become an I think we're done here member of Patreon.com slash RT Media. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast.